All right, I was uh, planning on coming up here and telling you guys all about me, but uh, Pastor Terry just did that, so I don't have to anymore. Um, but that is my wife, Mackenzie, if you could give everybody a wave. There she is. Yes, thank you, Lily. So we have been serving uh, in Elevate Elementary uh, the past few months, and it has been great. Um, I know some of you parents brought your kids in with you today. What's up, Brock? I see some of you guys, Lily and Adriana, super excited that you guys are here. We're having Sunday school today, all right? All right. We're going to do that. So uh, we've kind of been in the series of identity, and, and Nathan preached an awesome message last, last week about who we are and, and what we have because of what Jesus has done for us. And, and I think that is a message we all need to hear, and we all need to be reminded about who we are. Uh, but this week, I want to take a different angle of that, because it's great that, that we can know who we are, but how do we truly step into who we are? How do we truly get to know and understand who we are? So I want to talk to you guys today and ask you this question. Do you know him? Do you know God? I'm so thankful for what Nathan was just doing, um, listening to God and obeying God, because I think God wants to do that to each one of us, but you have to know his voice. You have to know what he sounds like. And, and, and I'm just going to ask you that question, do you know him? Uh, and, and by the end of this message, I'm hoping that we can equip you and give you the tools that you would be able to find him for yourself and encounter him um, for yourself. So uh, I want to uh, take you guys to Genesis chapter 32. If you have your Bibles, open up to there. Uh, verses 24 through 32, we're going to be looking at a guy named Jacob. Uh, now, maybe you know about Jacob, uh, but Jacob is this guy who, who, his name literally means supplanter. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. He, he's not necessarily the best guy there is, but he has this encounter with God that seems to change him forever. And, and, and I want that to, to be something that we can have to, an encounter with God that'll change us. So uh, we're just going to read this real fast, and then uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to get into this. Verse 24 says this, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man then said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name, but he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Would you guys pray with me? Uh, Jesus, thank you for these moments that we get to share together. God, I just pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, God, and show us that you truly want to be intimate with us and that you truly want to have a relationship with us. God, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter who we thought we were, God, I just pray that each person in this room would encounter you today and would leave knowing that they are yours and that they can have a relationship with you. Amen. How many of you guys have friends? Anybody have friends in here? If you don't have friends, um, I'm sorry because friends are great. So, um, Anyway, I'm sure you can think back in, in your relationship with your friends, maybe think of some, some times that you guys have had. You can remember how you met. You might remember um, some defining moments along the way of your friendship. But you, you get to this point, and you look back, and you're like, man, we really know each other really well. I don't really know. Um, there's been times that I don't remember hanging out with this person, but, but now that, that we've done that, I know you super well. But, but I believe that there's a time in, in all of our relationships that are a defining moment in them. Let me tell you a story about me uh, and my wife, Mackenzie, back when we first started dating. Um, this was actually our first date. It was, it was Valentine's Day of, I don't even know what years, a few years ago. And uh, 
uh, we, we were going on a date with my mom and, and my stepdad at the time. And so my mom and my stepdad, we drove over to Mackenzie's grandparents' house because that's where she was. And we walked into the house, you know, said hi to the grandparents, said hi to her mom. I brought her some flowers because I'm just that kind of guy, you know. And um, anyway, we, we left. We go over to Tri-Cities because we're not going to Denny's. We're nothing in Hermiston. We're going to Tri-Cities, okay. And, and we go to Tri-Cities. We go to a bonefish grill. I'm not a huge seafood person, but we were on a, on, a, on a double day with my mom. They chose we were going, all good. And uh, the day went well. It was super fun. Glad we went. We came back home, and we went to my house, and we actually watched a movie. Uh, and, and at the end of the movie, because I had this day all planned out in my head, I knew it was going to happen. I knew we were going to go home. We were going to hang out, maybe watch a movie, whatever. But at the end of the day, I was going to ask her to be my girlfriend. And that, 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 was, that was the plan that I had in my brain. Um, and that was going to be the defining moment for us. Uh, so as the credits were rolling during this movie, uh, I looked at her, we were sitting next to each other on the couch, and, and I, just, I don't even remember what I said, but the one thing that I do remember saying, and that she remembers me saying, is this. When I asked her to be my girlfriend, I said, Mackenzie, uh, we've been talking for a few weeks now, um, and I have a question for you. And I said, would you be my boyfriend? <laughs> Not realizing what I had said... She looks at me a little concerned, a little confused. Um, what, Austin, what are you saying? I said, oh man, can we start over? Like, let's try this again. So, so of course, I had to redeem myself and I had to uh, ask the question the right way. Will you be my girlfriend? Luckily, she said yes. And now we're married, first kids on the way, our first anniversary is yesterday. And it's been a fantastic ride ever since. But that was a defining moment in our relationship, a defining moment in mine and Kinsey's relationship. And I believe that if we can look at Jacob's story, we can see that even though he knew who God was, he had this defining moment of intimacy with God in this all-night wrestling match that we had. We're not even sure if it was God, but we just believe that it's an angel. Most likely, it is a theophany, an appearance of God here uh, on this earth, and uh, Jacob wrestled with God all night. And that shaped who Jacob was, and that moment that Mackenzie and I had shaped who we were whether, I mean, it's, 20, it's 2019 now, whether we were boyfriend and boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, but no, I'm just kidding, that's terrible. Um, we, we became something that day, and I think that God wants us to have an encounter with him to where we will have our lives changed forever. So I want you guys to remember this as we're going through the sermon, that we cannot know who we are if we do not know the one who created us. We will never know our value if we don't know the one who gives us value. All right, guys? And that's, that's kind of the key we're going to focus on. And how do we get to know the one who created us? How do we do that? Here's the answer. It's simple. At least it's simple to say. It might be a little bit more difficult to do. You have to get intimate with him. You have to be intimate with him. Intimacy for Jacob was a wrestling match that went on all night, and we're going to look at that. But intimacy is probably going to look a little bit different for us. But nonetheless, we have to be intimate and vulnerable with God. So my first point today is that intimacy is intentional. Intimacy is intentional. It's not just something that we stumble by on accident. We don't just wake up one day and say, wow, I feel really intimate with God today. Like, that's not how it happens. We have to be intentional with what we're doing in our relationship with God. If I, did, if I was not intentional with Mackenzie, if I didn't have a plan, I never would have asked her to be my boyfriend that night, and things wouldn't have changed. So I had a plan, I was intentional, and I executed the plan, and therefore, Mackenzie and I are where we are today because of that. Um, 
Jacob could have stopped fighting or wrestling God whenever he wanted. I want you guys to know that. He didn't have to be there. The Bible doesn't even tell us how he got there or why he was there. We just know he was alone, and then all of a sudden there's this man, and now they're wrestling, and all of a sudden daybreak comes, and Jacob wants to be blessed by this guy. So we don't know how or why he got there, but Jacob says, I will not let go until you bless me. It seems to me, this is just from my observation, that Jacob was ready to be blessed by God. It seems that he knew something was gonna happen. Otherwise, he would have just walked away from that wrestling match. I certainly am not gonna stay up all night to wrestle somebody if I'm not getting anything out of the deal. You guys know what I mean? Um, For me, being intentional with my relationship with Jesus looks like waking up early so I can spend time in the word. I know uh, I work at 6 a.m., and so that means like, if, all right, if I'm gonna eat breakfast, if I'm gonna shower and get ready, like I'm gonna need at least an hour, but now I, I'm throwing in this extra time because I need to be intentional with my relationship with Jesus because I know when I get off work, I'm probably not going to do it. There's gonna be other things that come up. So I'm intentional in my time with him. So I wake up a little bit earlier. But for Jacob, this was an all night thing and he wasn't wrestling for something that he thought was insignificant. He was wrestling for something that he thought was significant. And let me just say this, um, Oh, you know, we're going to get there later. I'm not going to say it. Um, so for Jacob, I feel like he was kind of in this mentality that he had to work for his blessing, that he had to do something to get something, or he had to be something to get something. Um, and, and there's this mentality that a lot of us as Christians are living in, um, and I would call it the works-minded mentality, that we have to, we have to come to church on Sundays, we have, to, we have to do all the right things, say all the right things in order for God to bless us and for God to want to be with us. But I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Nathan was just up here telling you that God wants to do those things, and he wants to be with you. Uh, no matter where you've been, what you've said, what you've done, that doesn't matter because God created you for a purpose, and that purpose was for you to be intimate with him. And it's funny that Jacob was, uh, was wrestling with God because I think it just shows us a lot about us that, that he was not gonna let God go until he would be blessed. Um, I believe that God wanted to bless Jacob all along. Jacob could have forego this whole night and not wrestled God. He could have just said, you know what, God? Uh, you have these promises for me. I'm just gonna receive them right now. Just like Nathan was saying, just receive it right now and listen to him. Listen to what God is saying. Jacob could have done that. I'm sure he could have. God is the same as he was today, or the same as he was yesterday. He is today, and he will forever be the same. So if God wants to just freely give us gifts today, why wouldn't he just want to freely bless Jacob back then? He had this gift for Jacob that he wanted to give him. And when you give a gift, you don't, you don't get out your wallet and pay for it, right? You just receive the gift. Jacob was getting out his wallet to try to put in his time. He was punching the clock so that he could get this blessing from God. But that's not how it was. We have to be intentional to receive from God as well. Now, continuing on being intentional in your intimacy with God, you have to seek first the kingdom. Jesus says this uh, in the New Testament. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What, what does this mean? What does the kingdom look like, first of all? Uh, the kingdom, simple as this. I think if we can break it down, it's being in the presence of God. The kingdom is being in the presence of God. So, so if we're seeking the kingdom, what are we seeking? We're seeking God's presence. We're intentional to get alone with him and to be in his presence. And you know what's so cool? This whole series has been about intimacy and who we are. It says if we seek God's presence first, then all these things will be added to you. So I believe that intimacy or that identity is a fruit of being intimate with God. Identity is a fruit of being in the presence of God. And we'll get to know who we are. All these things that Pastor Terry and Mama Sherry and Nathan have said, we're free. We have these declarations we can declare over our life, but they're not gonna mean anything 
They're not gonna mean anything if we're not being intentional to get intimate with him, if we're not seeking first his presence. They're just not gonna, they're just not gonna settle in us. They're just gonna be these thoughts bouncing around and they're not gonna mean anything. I wanna challenge you with this. Who is God to you? Jacob, it seems that he knew the man that he was wrestling as somebody who could bless him. You're not gonna ask for a blessing if you don't think that they're gonna bless you. He, he knew that that man was somebody who had something for him. So I'm asking, who is God to you? Is he just somebody that provides for you? Is he just somebody that you go to on Sunday mornings? Or maybe when you made a mistake, you say, God, I'm here uh, because I don't know how else I can like, live with myself uh, after this mistake that I made. But who is God to you? Is he a father? Or, or is he just somebody you go to in times of need? Jacob knew him as somebody that would bless him. He says that I won't let you go until you bless me. Are you gonna hold on to God until he blesses you? Are you gonna keep seeking time with him? Even if there's no blessing that's coming, are you gonna seek time with him? Because that's what you were created for in the garden. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created to be with him. They weren't created to, to do all these things and, and, and to work all these 40-hour week jobs. That's not what they were created for. They were created for the purpose of intimacy with him. And that's how God wants you to know him, as a father that you can be intimate with, a father that you can go to when you are in trouble, a father who will provide for you, but, he, but he's, he's the one who created us, and he's the one who wants to bless us. So be intentional uh, in being intimate with God. The second point I have for you guys is that intimacy will transform you. Intimacy transforms you. So I already said this a little bit, but God did not need to wrestle with Jacob. This was not for God. This whole wrestling match was not for God. God didn't need to meet with Jacob that night and wrestle with him to bless him. I find it interesting in the scripture, it says this. It says, the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob. Wait a minute, are you, are you telling me that God was not strong enough to beat Jacob in this wrestling match? As far as I understand, Jacob probably wasn't this huge guy. He, he was no Goliath. He was no Samson. Um, but, but what do you mean that this man couldn't overpower Jacob? So, so we see that he couldn't overpower him. But then in this moment, in this instance, this man just touches Jacob's hip, and all of a sudden it's dislocated, and now Jacob's gonna walk with a limp for the rest of his life. So clearly that's not the case. Uh, uh, God did not need to wrestle with Jacob, but Jacob needed to be transformed by God in this wrestling match, in this, in this instance. So uh, even though God couldn't overpower, it only took a quick instant for Jacob's life to be changed forever. God knew that Jacob needed him, though. God knew that Jacob needed him, and I'm here to tell you that God knows exactly how you need to encounter him. He knows exactly where you're at in this moment. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, no, God doesn't know what I've been through. God does not know my family life. He, he doesn't know me like that. But I'm here to tell you he does. And he knows exactly what you need in order to meet him and to be intimate with him. For Jacob, it was a wrestling match. That's what he needed to be transformed forever. Uh, for me, it, it, it's getting up every morning and spending time with him and praying to him and reading his word and saying what he says about me and, and, and what he says about himself and getting to know him that way. God knows how you need him. He does. He'll do whatever it takes. We sing that song, Reckless Love, all the time. There's no shadow you won't light up. Uh, I don't even know, mountain you won't climb up, right? We sing that, um, but do we believe it? Do we believe that God is really coming after us in such a reckless way that he won't wrestle us all night just so we can be transformed by him? Do we really believe the lyrics that we're singing in these songs or are we just doing some karaoke on Sunday mornings? Because I sure hope that's not the case. I want to be transformed by God and I believe that anybody in here 
wants to be transformed by God as well. And the cool thing about the story is that it only takes one moment. That's all it took for Jacob, one touch on his hip, and he was limping, but his name was changed, and he got his blessing. It only took one moment. Man, one moment is all it's going to take for you, too. That's all. One moment of being on your knees with Jesus and saying, God, you're, you're what I need. I don't know what else to do. But one moment with him will change you forever. One true moment. One true moment with him. We can come to church and we can fake it for sure. I've definitely sat in the pews before, raised my hands, and I didn't mean a single thing that I was doing. We can do that. It's so easy. Nobody's going to come up to us and be like, hey, uh, I noticed that, that you didn't really seem sincere during worship today. I can say, oh, you don't know me. Like, I can say things like that. But, but the truth is God knows. He knows exactly what you're doing at every single moment of the day. We can't hide from God. We can't lie to God. The only person that we're actually lying to in that moment is ourself. And in order to be intimate with God, you have to be intimate with yourself. You have to say, you know what? I do have this problem. Uh, you, you know what? I, I can't change myself. I can't change my situation, but I know the one who can. And I'm just going to give it all to him. That's all we can do. went from Jacob to Israel because intimacy transforms us. Jacob's name literally meant supplanter, to scheme against God, a liar, manipulator. That's who he was. That's what he did. He stole his brother's birthright. His brother hated him. Um, he was actually, uh, during this story, he was going to meet his brother who he hadn't seen in 20 years, and he was afraid for his life. He was sending all these goats and ox and sheep ahead of him because he's like, I need to give my brother these gifts so, so that he'll, he'll like me again, so that he won't kill me. But you know what's cool? Uh, when they actually did meet, uh, Esau, his brother, didn't want to kill him. He, he actually forgave him. And Jacob did not see that coming. So, so while Jacob was being transformed, it seems that Esau was being transformed as well. But, but Jacob went from a liar to Israel. He went to, from, from a liar to becoming the father of nations. It's so crazy what God can do. And if he can do that for Jacob, he can do it for you too. Uh, something, though, that uh, I noticed about this story as well is that at the beginning, it says that Jacob was left alone with God. Uh, when we were at Mardi Gras, we were listening to one of the speakers and he said this, and it really, uh, it struck me because I'd never heard it before. He said, uh, he was given the story of the woman at the well and how all the disciples left him while Jesus went to, the, to, to meet the woman at the well. And he, he said this, he said, none of his disciples wanted to be left alone with him because they saw what Jesus did to all these people. He, he, would, he would essentially call out what was wrong in their life, right? He did that to the woman at the well. He was like, go, go to your husband. And she was like, well, I actually don't have a husband. You know, I'm just living with this guy. And anyway, Jesus knew that, but the disciples were probably afraid that Jesus might do something like that in their life. So when you get alone with Jesus, it seems that uh, we're gonna have to deal with what's going on inside our own heart. How easy is it to come to church, to come to our small groups on Wednesday and, and, and not be alone with Jesus. We can be corporately together worshiping Jesus. That's what we're doing this morning, and it has been so awesome. But until you get alone with Jesus and have your own relationship with him, you're gonna be living off the relationship of everybody else that, that they have with God and not what, what you have with God. So until you get alone with God yourself, you're never going to experience him truly to yourself. And it looks like, in this story at least, Jacob had to be alone in order to be transformed with God. He had to spend time alone with God to be transformed. When was the last time you were alone with God? I know it's super easy uh, to not wake up early enough to get in the Bible. Oh, I'll do it after work. It's super easy, man, I'm really tired. I gotta get up early tomorrow. I'll just, I'll just wait until tomorrow to get alone with God. 
Uh, how easy is it to do that? I do it all the time, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I'm perfect because that's not true. But when was the last time you were alone with God? And remember, being intimate with God starts with being intimate with yourself. So be honest with yourself. Don't say that you were when you really know that you weren't. You, you can't lie to God. You cannot do that. Be intimate with him. Be alone with him. We cannot spiritually survive off of church services and small groups. The only way that we can really be sustained is by letting God sustain us in those small moments every day that nobody else is going to see but you. That's where your relationship is built. Yes, I asked Kenzie to be my boyfriend, and that was a defining moment in our life, but nobody else is seeing all the other times that we've struggled, that, that we've had arguments, that we've fought, but that have brought us to the same exact place that that one moment did, right? God wants to be alone with you. He wants to get to know you. You're like, oh, God already knows me. No, he wants you to want him to know you. He wants to know you. He wants to be alone with you. So intimacy is intentional, it transforms us, but intimacy is ultimately our purpose here on this earth, right? Let me, let me share another scripture with you guys. It's from Hebrews 12, 2. For the joy set before him, speaking of Jesus, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Nathan mentioned this a little bit last week, but what's the joy set before him? I'll tell you what it is. Don't worry, I'm gonna answer that. The joy set before him it was, was the hopes of a relationship with you and me. It wasn't even the guaranteed fact that we were going to be in a relationship with him. It was this idea that somebody might understand what he's done and accept him and, and, and the finished work on the cross. It was just the hope for relationship with us that was the joy set before him. So let me ask you this. If the joy set before Jesus was a relationship with you and me, should our joy not be the same thing? Should our joy not be uh, to have a relationship with him as well? Let me ask you this, do you ever feel like nothing is gonna satisfy you? Do you ever feel like maybe you're useless? Maybe like you have no purpose? Well, I'm here to tell you that you do. And the same way that Adam and Eve were created to walk in the cool of the day with God, the same way you were created to, to be intimate with him. We were created by God because he loved us and that's it. Not because we did anything to deserve it. Adam and Eve didn't exist before their creation to deserve being created by God, right? It was because he loved us and that's it. Let me tell you what Proverbs 3, 6 says. This is in the Passion Translation because uh, I really like it. It says, become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. I'm gonna say it again. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. If you don't feel like you have a purpose, if you feel like you're useless or if you're just wandering through day to day, be intimate with him. He'll show you where to go. He'll show you what to do. Oh man, it's too easy to, to get lost in life and just start making all these big decisions without God. And then after the decisions are made, we say, hey God, would you bless that? Even though I'm already past it, it's back there, but I'm still asking God to bless it. That's not how it works. God wants you to first be intimate with him and he will direct you where to go. Why is it so hard to trust God? Why is it so hard to trust God? Do we, do we feel like we need to be in control or do we feel like God doesn't know enough? God knows it all. He knows exactly what's gonna happen three years down the road. He knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. He knows what, what's gonna happen 60 years down the road. So why are we questioning it? The word tells us that he knows it all and we still don't trust it, but we need to, guys. We have to. We have to understand that God will lead us wherever we go 
We just have to be intimate. That's our only job. And in all reality, Jesus has done so much for us, and all he's asking for us is to be intimate with him, is for us to be in relationship with him. Adam and Eve were intimate with God in the garden, right? They walked in the cool of the day. Uh, Nathan even mentioned this last week. He said that this whole, the whole Bible is a story of God reconciling his people back to him. The whole Bible tells of this people who has tried to do it on their own, tried to earn their way to God's righteousness, to his love, but they can't do it. They just cannot. But, but God sends Jesus to do it for us, and now we have this amazing avenue to get back into relationship with, with God, to get back into intimacy with God because of what Jesus has done. So guys, I just wanna tell you today that God wants to be intimate with you. He really does. Nathan, I don't know, do, you, do you wanna come up and play guitar? Sweet. I like when Nathan plays the guitar. But guys, all this to say, God wants to be intimate with you. He wanted to be intimate with Jacob. And he knew that Jacob needed this, this wrestling match all night long to be intimate with him. So I just, I just need to ask you, are you putting enough importance and significance on your relationship with Jesus? Are you? Is it, is it a first priority in your life? Is it the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? Or is it maybe I'll get up, I'll eat, I'll, I'll, I'll get ready, and on my way to work I'll say a quick prayer and say I did my daily deed for the day in my relationship with Jesus. Because, man, that breaks God's heart because all he wants is, is to know you. That's all he wants. He cares about your job. He cares about all these other things that you're doing, but all he truly wants is to know you. And I believe that he's been speaking to some of you who, who have been, you know, you've done the church thing. You don't know if it's for you. Uh, you don't really know if you want this relationship with God, but I'm telling you, he's speaking to you and you know it. You know he's been calling you to be with him. Man, I'm telling you, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing on my mind is like, oh man, I gotta spend time with God, I have to. And then when I don't do it, that's all I can think about for the rest of the day is that I didn't get to spend time with God. And I believe that he's been speaking to some of you and saying, I wanna spend time with you. Mackenzie, I wanna spend time with you. Tino, I wanna spend time with you. Even to Pastor Terry, I wanna spend time with you. I wanna be with you. That's all he wants, guys. He wants to be with each of you. I don't care if you're 70, if you're 50, if you're 10 in this room, he wants to be with you. It doesn't matter, you're all his creation. He wants to be with you. <laughs>